Hi, I'm Guy Powell, and welcome to the next episode of The Backstory on Marketing. If you haven't already done so, please visit ProRelevant.com and sign up for all of these episodes and podcasts. I am the author of the newly released book, The Post-COVID Marketing Machine, Prepare Your Team to Win, and you can find more information about the book at MarketingMachine.ProRelevant.com. Today, we're speaking with Joanne Harold author of a new book, Living on a Smile. Joanne is a purpose-driven executive and brings more than 25 years of marketing expertise for iconic brands. She has served as CMO for the Honey Baked Ham Company twice. She was also CMO for Interface, VP of Brand Marketing at Arby's, and owned her own marketing firm. She has an MBA in international business from Mercer University and is an undergraduate and has an undergraduate degree from Mississippi State University. And she's also an adjunct professor at Mercer University and at GSU. She was the recipient of Atlanta AMA's Lifetime Achievement Award and two Amy Awards from the American Marketing Association here in Atlanta. And lastly, she is now the author of Living on a Smile. 16 Ways to Live a Big Life and Lead with Love. Welcome, Joanne. Thank you, Guy. It's awesome to see you. Uh, I know we have a lot in common with the AMA and all the marketing work you do in the community, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I've been on the AMA uh, a long time, and I know you've been on, uh, we're on there also a long time, and and, uh, and it really is a, a great way to support the marketing community here in Atlanta. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite marketing associations and have been involved for many, many years. And I think it's just a terrific organization. Yeah, thank you. And I I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. So, uh, well, with that, then uh, tell us a little bit about your backstory on how you got into marketing. Well, it's funny. I never imagined when I started at McDonald's as a star uh, and what that means is I was the store area representative and wore the hamburger costume and gave the birthday parties <laughs> and worked the drive through window that it would create a love for marketing. And what I learned from that experience is that I love serving others and that food and iconic brands are a great way to do that. And so uh, through that, um, and it really was a marketing job, uh, did my undergraduate and got a degree in PR, communications and journalism, and then just started my career in marketing and really started at the bottom and worked my way up uh, through the ranks and um, have just loved my career in marketing. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you, well, you certainly, uh, did, did very well going up in, in your career and up the ladder and CMO and three different times and RBs and McDonald's. And, but most of all, though, I'm really proud that you were the Hamburglar. That, that's <laughs> yes. definitely something to be proud of. <laughs> it, yes, it is. It is. I'll have to one of these days try and find those old photos. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something you got to put on Instagram. <laughs> Can you recognize this person? <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. a, uh I think I got to wear it because the costume was a small size and I got to <laughs> run around and greet people in the costume. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, I, and I'm, I'm kind of tall as, as you know, and, um, I, I used to do some, uh, amateur acting and what really upset me was I never got cast as a small part in a small part <laughs> or as a short character rather. <laughs> Anyways. So, uh, so you've now left, uh, Honey Baked Ham, uh, and you've started a consulting company. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's been a lot of fun. I've, um, I'm doing some work with Georgia State University and love them and um, heading with a professor, the Georgia State Marketing Roundtable. That's a great group of chief marketing officers from around town um, and doing just a lot of different fun projects um, with clients also. So I'm really enjoying the consulting work and advising others and um leveraging the marketing experience for other brands. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things with a background like yours is you have, uh, you know, a wealth of uh, hands-on experience and working, of course, working yourself uh, up the ranks and things like that. So being able to share that and also see the results of your efforts across a handful of brands is uh, is a lot of fun, I'm sure. It is. It is. And I'm doing a lot of work also in the purpose and sustainability area so excited about that as well yeah 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 it, and, uh, and that's uh, definitely one of the certainly the hot, hot topics here in uh, in marketing uh, you know sustainability but also you know diversity equity and inclusion and things like that so uh, that's a great place to be that's for sure absolutely thank you yeah uh, so uh, now you just recently left uh, honey bag Tam. So what do you what were some of your biggest challenges there? Well, Honeybake's an awesome brand, awesome company, um doing really well. The consumers love it. Um the brand did a great job during COVID as far as um leveraging technology to serve the customer and that would be through buy online, pick up and store, curbside, um, did a lot of work on the technology side to make it easy for consumers to shop. And of course it's a beloved brand and delicious. So, um, so it, we, you know, overcame a lot of challenges during that time and continued, the brand continues to do really well. Yeah. Um, we always have the challenge. We like to have a turkey for Christmas and or a ham for Christmas. And it's kind of like, okay, do we do the honey baked this year or, or do we do the Turkey? So, uh, uh, yeah, the honey baked is, uh, for Christmas, uh, is just awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, it's also great during, but every day they've got great meals and, um, great solutions. Yeah. And I would imagine that, uh, as well, uh, you know, and certainly with the stores and, and even year round, uh, you can certainly get, uh, and purchase a ham, but, uh, at the, at the end of the year for Christmas or potentially even Thanksgiving, that has to provide some enormous challenges just to make sure you can meet that demand and, and stuff like that. I'm, I'm always impressed with how, how well companies like yours do in that case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of planning, a lot of cross-functional work goes into making it, um, you know, supplying the demand. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, as a uh, marketing leader, then uh, what do you see as the most uh, important aspects of a leader 
that you've been using and learning and improving on uh, over the last years and and then also now some of those are in your book I'm sure so what are mm-hmm. what are some of those qualities that you'd like to maybe discuss well I think leadership it's it, it's important to know the team and have a relationship and understand uh, where everybody is communications obviously also a key um, and for the team to really understand the whys and you know what's going on why are we uh, going in this direction so that's very important um, engagement and and keeping everybody involved um, I've started and I, I just through the years lead with love and to um, you know work is really hard and leadership is is hard and so it's to lead with empathy and kindness and um, but also knowing that you know we're there to drive results and performance and so um coming alongside the team and um making sure that everybody understands what we're trying to do and why is critically important yeah and i think you're right and uh and 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 from your book as well i really liked how you uh uh you know you, you mentioned empathy with with everybody that's on the team and those could be your employees as well as potentially even the agencies that you're working with uh, but also then to not only for yourself, but for the team is be purposeful about your work life balance because, and I'm guilty of this sometimes, you know, you just, uh, you got a lot going on. And as a solo, well, as an entrepreneur, you, you, you know, you just, you take the time and it, and some things just take a lot of time. And unfortunately, sometimes that it's, uh, that, that work life balance doesn't, uh, come out quite right. Mhm. Yeah, I um agree. I think it's important to prioritize and to make sure the you're looking at the big rocks and the big rocks can be family and health and as well as all the work and just making sure that um all those big rocks are prioritized and I am very purposeful about time and time management and um, every day make sure that the days and the time is focused on what's most important and whether that's getting a big project done or uh, working, you know, exercise or family. Yeah, absolutely. And and I like your, uh, you, you know, setting aside time for certainly for family and 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 then setting aside obviously time for your priorities but also uh you had a lot in there about you know planning your time and mm-hmm. i think that's also a challenge and you know making sure that you have you know whatever it is a 3 year goal and then a 1 year goal to help to get to the 3 year goal and then what am i doing today and what are some of the challenges uh, that are going to hinder me from getting there i really liked uh, what you talked about on that Oh, thank you. I've used, I used to use Covey and um, now I use what's called a full focus planner and it helps map out um, overall goals and then daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals. And so it's a, for me, it's been a great tool book. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. And you can see it. I mean, obviously, through your career and what you've been able to achieve, uh, that's fantastic. Oh. I like to <laughs> I like one thing that you had as well. And I uh, and maybe you could, could expound on that. It's the thinking in 3D. I thought that concept was pretty interesting. So this that concept came from a boss at Interface who was the CEO, and he liked people who could think not only verbally, but also uh, think ahead and visualize and um, take an idea and really bring it to life. And so he's the one that coined that, that term and, um, but I've adopted it from him and uh, used it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thought that made uh, so much sense because sometimes, uh, and it's so easy to get focused on whatever that immediate urgent thing is, and then realizing that the urgent thing may not be the most important thing. And then number one, and then number two is, uh, you know, what are kind of the the long-term consequences of what it is that you're working on today? And I, I it's easy for all of us to get uh, to lose sight of that. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. So I like your, uh, you know, your idea of, uh, of planning and, and I think that, uh, just makes so much sense. I do, uh, something similar to that, maybe not as rigorous, but it, it really does help to, uh, to make sure that you get, uh, you know, a little bit of work-life balance in there. Um, I'm not probably as good as I am or should be, but nevertheless, uh, I do like your point about the, uh, the planning. What do you, uh, what tool do you use? Well, I have a, uh, I do a, uh, a weekly, a monthly and a 90 day. I don't go yeah. past 90 days, but I do a weekly, weekly, monthly and 90 days. And, um, I mean, obviously the 90 days is kind of also includes some long term stuff in there, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's so easy to see how those things get, um, can get lost in the sauce. And if I don't put it in specifically into one of those buckets, then it does get lost in the sauce. And so that's kind of what I do. I don't use the, the Franklin Covey or the, uh, or the other method that you're talking about. But, uh, for me, that seems to, to work out pretty good. And then of course, there's a daily. I mean, I've got a daily planner that I, you know, every day I'm writing stuff down and then, you know, and then review it. And so, uh, uh, maybe that's why I don't have as good a work life balance as you do. I don't oh. know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't I don't think I don't think there's ever any perfect balance though. Sometimes work is out of balance or life is out of balance and so um I don't think there's anybody or any time where it's absolutely perfectly balanced. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think you're probably right. And sometimes you got to take a little more and then sometimes, you know, I just you got to just have a day off and okay. uh and but you got to plan that in. You have to plan that in, especially when you're in leadership, because everybody else is kind of depending upon you. And if you're out for that day, they got to, you know, know how to how to depend on you without you being on being there. So. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I also liked uh, the uh, imposter syndrome and, and the challenges or the problems that that can cause. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Is, um, and I think a lot of people have it, even actors and actresses and great performers have it. And so much of it is believing and being confident and knowing that you can do something. 
And then also sometimes it's you know, fake it until you make it and just, you know, um, going out there and doing something and being, being confident and believing in it. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, it, it, and I, I think I have that once in a while and, and I don't know, you know, obviously, you know, I've been doing my stuff for a long time. You have as well. And you would think that we would be a hundred percent confident in anything, you know, that's related to what we know. And yet, you know, every once in a while, you just, uh, you know, you're just not, it's not confidence maybe, but it, you're just not, um, you know, you're a little reticent to kind of blow your own horn or, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and that, that's, I think what, what really hit home with me when you, uh, were expanding on, uh, on that and when I was reading about that in your book. Oh, yeah. It's so true. Yeah. 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 So, um, now I also liked uh, that you are a uh, recovering perfectionist. yeah it's um what i used to do and i i probably still do it a little bit um i would try to wait until everything was perfect to share some of the work and what i've learned over time is um now i share early often get people involved uh, because i think it makes a better work product um, and then, you know, everybody's real engaged versus trying to, you know, have everything designed and all the I's dotted and T's crossed. Um, so, so that's something that, you know, just I've learned and. And I think that's hard. I think for, a, especially for a younger marketer, uh, I think that's, that's really hard. I know I'm, I'm, and I'm definitely a, uh, a recovering perfectionist and it's really only been in the last couple of years that I am more willing to share earlier on because I'd like to get you know things you know as far along as you can and then share it as opposed to kind of getting them you know 80 percent and sharing it and getting feedback on the 80 percent and then also direction on the 20 and and uh, so I will admit uh, that that really hit home for me yeah 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 Same. so it, how do you how do you uh impart that into you know your 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 the folks that are working for you do you I guess that goes back to leading with love and so realizing that when somebody comes to me with a work product it's you know it it may not be all the way perfect or baked or uh whatever term that is and so it gives me the chance to work with them and you know to help craft whatever the um assignment is and and to teach and to mentor and to be a part of it yeah yeah and i've uh i found that and i don't know if it's uh, uh and i call them kids they're not kids but folks coming out of college recent graduates uh, sometimes they're, and, and it, this may also be in terms of the imposter syndrome, the two kind of go together is they don't often have the confidence to ask the questions early on. And what I've found is that if I don't check in with them very often, then they'll go off on a tangent and, and it, not that it's necessarily wrong, but it isn't the priority. And, you know, then, you know, you wasted all that time, not only their time, but calendar time. And you got to, you know, get them back, reel them back into where you want them to go and and also do that without, you know, uh, uh, you know, 
telling them they're wrong and you know you got to do it in a positive way so i don't know if you've seen things like Mm -hmm. that or as well i do i think the the check-ins the you know let's keeping things on the calendar too and you know let's just see where we are and um check in and um it gives them again an opportunity to really understand the project to um understand the kind of the whys and the hows behind it um and then keeps you know keeps the project on task yeah yeah and i think that's that's a good way to put it is that uh is to make sure to reiterate the goal and what we're trying to achieve and how we're trying to achieve it and you know what i found too is that the younger folks as much as you'd like them like to think that they have the same knowledge set that you have they don't and they don't have the context necessarily and so you, you know you have to kind of communicate that context and and I and sometimes you know you think you may overdo it, but that learning part of that communicating with that context I found to be to be very valuable. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so did, did you have all of your teams then also do your planning routine, or did you do something different for you them? Know, I, I actually I mentored a lot of people and um and. Quite a few folks on the team started to leverage the planning system, and so it, you know that to me is a it's a more personal. You know, some are only digital, and everything's um, done that way. I've have I'm a I guess a hybrid of write things down on paper and then you know a digital calendar. So um, it depends, but um, I got the concept from our, uh, at Honeybake, the chief operating officer used it. And so he's the one that shared it with me. And then I shared it with many on my team and they, they did use it. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I liked as well one thing in your book, which was, uh, successful people are not gifted. They just work hard and succeed on purpose. Uh, that I thought was a great quote. Um, I have it. I, I think you have it referenced from G.K. Nielsen, and um, uh, and I I really thought about that uh, quite a bit. And uh, and I and I think the purpose piece fits in with with your almost your total message from your book. So tell us how that's kind of affected uh, your activities and your planning. Yeah. So in marketing, so much of and leadership. So much of it is results and driving results. And so um, there's a lot of hard work that goes into that. And so it's it's really being smart about whatever it is you're trying to achieve, really understanding who's on the other end, uh, who the consumer is, who will buy what you're trying to market. Uh, to engage the teams and whether it's the internal teams, the agency partners or the cross-functional partners, um, there's a, a lot of work and communication and um, selling in <laughs> as mm. far as that goes. So I, th- I know in my career, there wasn't any, uh, 
anything I was successful with that didn't involve other people. And so my work at Arby's or Honey Baked or Interface, um, especially Arby's and Honey Baked, the products and promotions had to be executed at the uh, store level or field level. So it was real important to get engagement all the way through the process. So, you know, a lot of hard work and um, learning how best to make sure that the programs were easily executed and easily understood. Mm. Well, and a lot of communication. Uh, You brought Mm. that up early on and, um, you know, and you have a plan that especially if you're, so as I recall, you were the star in, was that just Atlanta or was that the Southeast or? That was in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. So I worked for, I worked for a franchisee at McDonald's and, um, Mm -hmm. and they had several McDonald's locations. Yeah. Well, and getting, uh, whatever that, whatever that activity is communicated throughout that organization is, it's hard. It is mm-hmm. very hard, especially when they're spread out like that. And, um, and, and, you know, you have a goal and, and then getting buy-in and realizing that, you know, people have their own priorities and personal priorities as well as work priorities. I, kudos to you in terms of how you've uh, been able to do that. Thank you. It's, um, relationships are key yeah yeah uh how true how true so you received the uh from the uh atlanta ama the lifetime achievement award which is no small thing that's an enormous thing and uh so how has that uh impacted your career i would say i was so incredibly honored by that and I was the AMA president in 2011-2012 and started in the AMA just as a right out of college and would go to the meetings and loved uh, the AMA. And so it was just an amazing gift from an organization that I'm so, so proud to represent so um, I don't know that it's really changed anything um, as much as it was just I was so in awe of it and so grateful for it. And I still am, am very involved in the AMA. I um, co-lead the executive advisory board with Jeff Hillemeyer, and it's just a fantastic group. Mm. who are committed to helping other marketers. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and I think, uh, you know, the AMA has done quite a bit around town and, uh, there's, uh, just a lot of uh, value. We, it, it affects thousands of, of, of marketers in the Atlanta area. And then AMA, you know, on a, on a national basis or even an international basis has a, a huge footprint as well. It does. It does. And it meets marketers wherever they are in their career so whether it's uh, a collegiate uh, there's chapters on college campuses to up-and-coming marketers to uh, professors who have their phd it's it's uh, involves all levels of practitioners and academics yeah 
Yeah. So what was the most fun thing you did with the AMA? Oh gosh. Um, well, a couple fun things. We, um, had the I love AMA campaign <laughs> and that was, um, a lot of fun and engaging and and when you say AMA everybody says oh I love the AMA so we had a big campaign around that and the second thing that I loved is we were very competitive and I think we still are with Houston and so Mm -hmm. our whole goal was to beat Houston (laughs) and so to be the um the third largest chapter nationwide and we were able to beat Houston, so we really celebrated that. I think the third thing is um, we would have the Amy's at the Fox um, in the Egyptian room. And so mm-hmm. it was just – and we still have the Amy's. And it's just great to see everybody in a room and celebrate uh, the best marketers and advertisers in Atlanta and um, just – a super fun evening. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. And uh yeah, I remember being at the doing the event at the Fox and yeah, that room down there and then just the energy when the the before the awards were given out, we were in that Egyptian room and and the energy is just is just incredible. And then being able to see, you know, marketers both on the agency side and the corporate side and and then to see what they've done and the creativity that has gone into their work and really how it uh, not only, you know, helps the company, but it can inspire uh, people to do things that they might not otherwise do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's that's what I like about the AMA. Uh, now, um, uh, one of the things that, that I'm involved in with the AMA as well is the uh, mentorship program. And and I find that to be, you know, incredibly valuable. And, and it teaches me as well uh you know how to work with uh junior marketers or first you know early marketers in their career um were you involved in the uh, mentorship program i i was as a matter of fact you had recently as a guest one of my mentees who is teresa cairo yes and we started that program over 20 years ago and she's one of my very dearest friends as a result of that and has she's just a rock star and president of the Johnson group and so proud of her and um but now what I do is I mentor the president and the president elect if Mm. if they would like to do that just because of the long-standing experience with the AMA yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny, uh, Teresa, uh, I've actually uh, known her as well, maybe even from about the same time uh, as you. My uh, first book is this one right here, and she was one of my early editors. It's called Return on Marketing Investment. And uh, she read it, and she uh, uh, she provided such great, uh, great input. And, uh, yeah, definitely love Teresa. She's fantastic. She is. Uh... Yeah. So, um, anything else you'd like to talk about about uh, your new book? Super excited about it. It launched this week. Um, I'd like to give a big shout out to the Ripples team, Jeff Hillemeyer and Rochelle and Andrew over at Ripples, and it um, it's doing really well. <laughs> it's 
it's already an Amazon bestseller. And I wasn't expecting that. I wrote the book more. It was a goal that I had and um, wanted to celebrate friends and families and colleagues along the way. Uh, so the, that it's selling well is just a lucky strike draw, I guess, or a fun part of it. But well, um, no, as a, as a successful marketer, then, you know, marketing a book or marketing ham there, you know, there's certain concepts that go together there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Being uh Amazon number one bestseller, that's a, that's a big deal. Congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's actually the, it was the number one new release. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I was, um, uh, as I was reading through it, I, I really liked, uh, you know, the personal stories and the business stories and then how you brought everything together. I think you really did a great job on that. And it's, a, it's, a, it's something that can be read, uh, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of different points that, you know, you have to jot down because they're, they're just so valuable to, uh, to how you manage your, manage and plan your, your career and also your, your work life balance. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah. from a fellow author, I appreciate that. I know, I know you know what writing the books, actually the easiest part, the editing is- and launching and publishing and marketing is a whole other. Yep, sprint. exactly. That is, uh, that is so true. And, um, it, it's funny. I like what you, you know, you said, you know, it's better to start getting feedback when you might be, let's say 80% done or get feedback along the way. And, and my latest book, the post COVID marketing machine, I did exactly that and getting feedback on LinkedIn and getting feedback from my interviewees and things like that. It, uh, it really made, made a whole lot of difference in the quality of the content. And then now also that all those relationships are also part of the marketing. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, uh, what do you see in your future? Do you have more books then or, uh, or all of the oh, above? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I'm talking, uh, the next book will be a hardcore marketing book. <laughs> and so, so much of marketing is, it happens on the job. And I wish I had a tool or a book that, um, laid it all out and say, so I'm, I'm kind of noodling that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I know exactly what you mean. I, uh, I, 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 teach just like you do uh i've taught over at emory and then up in the university of north carolina charlotte and a couple and i've taught a a ton over in asia just as a you know as a paid uh you know seminar provider and uh one of the things that i think the marketing curriculum get wrong is they do not start with the question how do consumers make purchase decisions they start with the tools. Here's how you do research. Here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. Here's pricing and stuff. But they don't talk about how they, the consumer makes purchase decisions. And, and if you start with that, then everything else flows. And, uh, and, and, um, anyway, that's one of the things that I've learned and I certainly have put it into all my books and stuff like that. And is there one thing that you have learned that you think would fit into, you know, into your marketing? and your marketing recommendations, and then now this hardcore marketing book like that? Well, I'm thinking through it. No, the consumer landscape has changed so much, Mm. and there is no other function that's under siege as much as marketing. 
And the expectations of the business is that, you know, the marketer really understands what's going on as far as the changing landscape can drive change and lead teams in order to meet customers where they are. So that's a piece of it that I really want to unpack. And, you know, there's a lot of new marketing as far as the metaverse that, you know, marketers are learning and understanding, but then how does that all fit together mm. and how, to your point, what, what are these things that the marketer has in their toolbox that will encourage the customer to buy? Right, right, right. And uh, to your point, you know, with the landscape uh, changing so much, I have, uh, I, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if it was surprised or whatever, but how well TikTok has done. And oh, what TikTok can do it is it's it's an it's mind-boggling. Well, it is. People think it's a platform for younger kids. It's I think their average age is around 36, <laughs> and it's I mean it's just a huge population of users, and it's it's so entertaining and fun and simple and um easy to use. As a matter yeah. of fact. I have a fellow marketer who is, he, he, and I did not know this. He told me a couple of days ago, he said, did you know I'm a TikTok star? And I said, no. And um, his name is David Gerson and he works for TK Elevators. And so he's, um, he and I work together at Interface, but um, he refs on the side. So he's a soccer referee and he's got all these funny videos and, and they just went viral. And so he's, people now recognize him at, um, when he's traveling, they're like, Oh, you're the ref. You need love too guy. And so, um, it's, it's just a, a super fun platform. It, it, it is. I'm just now getting into it. And, uh, I, the thing is for me though, it, uh, I can't watch it. I mean, <laughs> I got to limit my time. I got to plan yeah. my time. Five minutes. That's all you get, you know, and I'm flipping through and, and some of them are, you know, you're, you're right. Some of them are so creative. Uh, but yet for business, uh, a friend of mine, he's put out, uh, I don't know, maybe 50, 75 TikToks and, uh, he has one and these are on leadership on mm -hmm. business leadership. Mm -hmm. And he mm -hmm. does target though, a, a younger audience. So if you're like early in your career, then what are some of the things to help you to advance your career and then be a leader in your career? And, uh, uh, and I was on the phone with him, uh, for about an hour, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago. And he says, yeah, I've got one that's, uh, you know, it's got 500,000, um, views so far. And, and, uh, and then while we were talking, he got like another 200 views. <laughs> it, was, it was just incredible. And, and that kind of, that kind of engagement and that kind of following, uh, can really make a difference for a brand if you can figure out how to use it. Absolutely. And, uh, and that one I think is definitely one of those things that's, uh, you know, sideswiping, you know, sideswiping Facebook, uh, and, and, and other, other platforms. And, um, and then I think you're right. The, uh, the metaverse, uh, is still in its infant stages. There's a lot there yet. And, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've had any, any thoughts on where that or how that could be used? It, you know, it's, it's absolutely something I'm watching 
closely and learning about. And um, I mentioned the Georgia State Marketing Roundtable. We've got somebody coming in from Google to talk to us more about it. Um, I know some clients are using it. And even the Atlanta Convention and Visitors Bureau is testing out. And it makes a lot of sense if, you know, you've got a, a space and you want to capture visitors or consumers attention mm. so yeah i am excited to continue to learn and work with it yeah absolutely and uh i'm interested in seeing some good case studies on it I, there's been a couple out there so far and uh and even here in atlanta there was a case study on uh, i think it was oshkosh uh, they did mm-hmm. something Carters. in the metaverse and, uh, mm-hmm. and so I'm looking forward to seeing more and seeing how that can, can really work out. So anything else you, you'd like to bring up or bring up, uh, about your book or, uh, well, or, or you whatever? Can, you can go on Amazon and look for Living on a Smile. It's there. And, um, for anybody listening who buys it, let me know and, um, would love to catch up and hear your thoughts on it. So just very excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really, it, it's a, it's a great read. Um, I'm about halfway through right now. And, uh, and I will admit I've written down probably a half a page, maybe a three quarters of a page of little notes and stuff like that. And so, uh, and that's, that's for me, when I read a book, that's exactly what I want to get out of it. And yours definitely uh, delivered. Oh, thank you. Well, one part of after each chapter, I have a field guide or a toolkit to for the reader to write their purpose statement or elevator speech or strengths. And so I really wanted it to be a, a guidebook and useful and um, for the reader to have the pause and to be able to take some of the learnings that I've shared from others and use it for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And no question that, that, uh, that you can do that. And it, and it is very well structured for that. So, uh, well, uh, Joanne, uh, thank you so much. I'm so glad we were able to talk and thanks to you for uh, participating in my podcast and hopefully this and, uh, and our audience will uh, p- purchase your book and, and learn more about what you've been doing and how you structured uh, a lot of your leadership in your life is so that you can do better things and do more things. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Guy. Yeah, absolutely. And also to uh, find her book, again, uh, it can be found on Amazon, and it's uh, Living with a Smile. And uh, you can look that up real easy to find. And uh, for everybody, please do that. Otherwise, uh, stay tuned for more videos on my series of the backstory on marketing. And if you get a chance, uh, please rank my these podcasts with five stars. Joanne, thank you so much. Thank you.